Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We welcome you this morning to Christ-Centered Church. We welcome our online viewers. I know there's an online visitor there. We welcome you this morning. As we're about to get into prayer in a few minutes, I'm asking that if every online prayer, if you, every online person, if you have a prayer request, you can put the prayer emoji and we will be touching and agreeing with you this morning in prayer because we believe God is more than able to do exceedingly and he's more than able to, be, to do abundantly above all that we can even ask or think. So will you stand with us this morning? Hallelujah. There is joy in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. There is joy in the house of the Lord. There is joy. There is Freedom reigns. Freedom reigns. 
Spirit, fill, Lord, we 
Everybody lift them up in this place this morning. There's a spirit of worship in this place. Don't just look around. Why don't you engage with the presence this morning? Why don't you just engage and lift them up this morning? Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We bless your name. Generations and your family and your children. 
upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you in the morning in the morning in the evening when you come and you're going in your way and rejoicing
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord bless you. You may be seated if you can for a few minutes. Amen, amen, amen. There is a spirit of worship in this place this morning. Hallelujah. Sometimes we get so consumed with the things of this world. And this is why the Bible says we should lay aside every weight and every sin that so easily beset us. Because if we get caught up with the things of this world, we're not going to keep our mind on the Lord. We're going to try to figure out how to solve this problem, how to do this. But keep your mind on the Lord. God's promises are sure. Yea, nay, and amen. Hallelujah. We welcome everyone this morning to Christ Center Church. So glad to have everyone in the house of God this morning to magnify the Lord with us. Amen. Another beautiful day that the Lord has made, and we rejoice in it because He has made us glad. Tomorrow is not promised to us. Now is the acceptable time. Now is when our salvation is nearer than we first believed. Um, you know, it was I think it was uh, two days ago? We're eating. I don't. I don't see him here, but he he had, he had texted us. Bathroom. Yeah, Texas, I think late Thursday evening, I think it was about 11 30, 12 o'clock p.m. He texted us and said he was traveling all the way down to Vineland. You, you see, there are times in our life that, you know, we, we don't know what's going on in people's lives. And we don't know how much people are connected to God. So, so he, he called, he called, he texted. I, I, I was asleep. Um, uh, Ethan, come on, come on up. I, I want you to come on up for a second. Um. You know, the, you, you know, while they were singing that song, I, I'm looking at the, the, the lyrics of the, the, the song. And, and sometimes when you sing a song, you want to make sure that song is meaningful to you. Or, or there is a message in that song for you, if you please. So, while, while Ethan texts us late Thursday evening, whatever time, 11, 30, 12, 12 a.m., he texts us. I, I didn't see the text until late, um, early the following morning, Friday morning. And um, he was traveling all the way down to Vineland because one of his um, br- brother that he was a part of when he was in college, and um, which uh, Tommy is also was a part of it also. And um, so they all, you know, hang out together. And by, by, by the time he got down divine land he got the message and you can correct me if I'm wrong he got the message that um, his friend has, has moved on now it, it doesn't matter what kind of relationship and you hear me talk about this all the time what kind of relationship or what kind of rapport you have with an individual when you let your light shine to that individual 
when you do the right things around. Because remember, God has brought us out of a lot of things, if you please. The things that we used to do, we do them no more. Because God saved us for such a time as this. Thank you, Eden. It's fine. And um, so, keep, keep his, um, his family in prayer. I think he posted the, 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 um, the, uh, the, um, the name in, in, the, in, the, in the group for leadership. So, keep, keep the family prayer. Young men. Uh, I think he was involved in the, in the military or something like that also. Or correction officer or something like that. Yeah, so, you know, keep him in prayer that the Lord will encourage, you know, the family. Just high again. He went to another funeral in, 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 in uh, Pennsylvania yesterday. And I'm saying, you know, his dad, it, the story with his dad was another story where I'm saying, church... You know, we're living in the last and closing days. And if we don't love people the way we ought to love people, we're going to just move on and nobody have nothing good to say about you. We can't just get caught up in this world and just get caught up after things for our own good. Just for me. Just for me, myself, and I. That's all I care about. But when you live the life that is pleasing unto the Lord... The Lord will bless you. The Lord will keep you and provide. The Lord, you know, and you know, the the the, the, the words of God are so sure that when your light so shine, I mean, you, you just don't know what it does to others. Just a matter of just going up and say, "How are you today?" The Lord love you. You don't need a whole lot. We love you. We care about you. We thank you for being here today. Our online congregation. You know, I pray and hope that whatever is going on this morning here, you're feeling wherever you are, you can just forget about everything else. This is about you and your salvation and God this morning. And for everyone here this morning, this service is not the same. This is a different service this morning. Um, we, we changed the song that we decided to play, which oftentimes I don't try to do that. But for somehow the direction of the Spirit, the way God is directing our service this morning, um, you just have to do what you're commanded to do. If God directs you and gives you a directive, you just have to follow the order. You know, and I thank everyone for being here this morning, and we're so glad that everyone is a part of our service this morning. And we pray that before the service is concluded this morning, the Lord will meet you where you are. The Lord will fulfill some of your needs. And the Lord will make a way when it didn't seem like there was any way out. It's offering time. We're going to get ready to collect our offering. And this is another time of a service where we get our blessing. Don't forget we're in our reach program. We have just a couple of months. Um, in fact, yeah, literally a couple of months to go before, um, you know, we get into our, our new building. And, um, you know, we need the help of everyone, those that can afford to, you know, support our cause that the Lord will open up doors. Um, we, we, we need some help, and we're praying and hoping that, you know, everyone can meet us. You know, if Sister Patrice there, so the, that's a building, uh, 17,000 square footage, much more room to run around. 
Amen. But if you want to be a part of the miracle, part of what God has in store for us, we're going to invite you, make a commitment to us. Uh, if you can uh, pledge something to help us with our building endeavor, we'll greatly appreciate it. If you want to be partner with us, we welcome your your partnership. You can feel free to talk to one of us. We will direct you and make sure, you know, um, everything goes accordingly. Amen. We're going to invite you to stand. If you can stand with us as we get ready to receive this morning offering. Amen. We've got a couple of ushers in the front. Uh, you can look on the uh, media screen. You can see the ways of giving this morning. We're going to ask you to bow your heads as we pray. Father God, we thank you for what we feel in the service, Lord God. Your presence is surely in this place this morning. As we're about to receive this morning offering, we ask your blessing upon the remaining portion of the service. We thank you for what you've already done and what you're about to do this morning. We ask you to keep us, O oh God. We ask you, Lord, to guide us. Bless every giver, Lord God. Help them to be cheerful in their giving, Lord God. We pray and ask your will to be done as we continue to worship you in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And if you can, bring your tithes and offering and continue to worship the Lord with us in Jesus' name.
Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord today. Come on, let's give him the praise that he deserves. Let's honor him. Jesus, we thank you this morning for all you've done. We thank you for what you're doing. We look forward to the great things you will do. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. The presence of the Lord certainly is in this place. We're so grateful. We're so thankful. Amen. Hallelujah. So much has transpired since we have come this morning from the 9 a.m. service to now. Many things have transpired, and we thank God for it. Uh, we greet all of our guests this morning in the wonderful name, uh, Brother Ed McNeil. Amen. We call him 6'8". Hallelujah. Surprised me this morning. And uh, so glad to have him. He's just an awesome man of God. Always love to see him. He's a very, he's an encourager. And he encouraged me as well as so many others. And we thank God for him. It's good to see you, my brother. Thank you for being here this morning. And Jenna, we get to meet Jenna this morning. Amen. Jenna, nice to have you. Hallelujah. Last time Tommy was here, we said, hey, I don't know, you remembered me from the, um, the baby shower? You wasn't there? She wasn't there? Okay. I was at the baby shower. I'm, I, I don't, I'm just saying. You know, I thought, 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 thought she was at the baby shower. <laughs> well, we welcome you, Jenna, to Christ Center Church, and we're so glad that you're here. And Jenna, you know, when I got here this morning, I didn't even know um, what had happened um, to um, Ethan's friend, Tommy's friend. Um, I, I didn't know anything. But I came here this morning at the 9 a.m. service, and I got on this thing. I started talking about how um, years ago um, we thought that, you know, we're all going to grow up, live to have a life, get married, have children, and get old, and then we die. That was kind of the perception that we had in our mind. And for the most part, that's kind of how life took us. But recently and probably, you know, over the past 20 years or so, we have seen more young people transition from um, time into eternity, and it's just, it's just it's strange because everyone is not in that place or doesn't get that opportunity to, to, to live out their life as they might think of it. But God has been good to so many of us, and we have to make the best of what God has given us. We, we have to make the best of what God has given us. And if God has given us this opportunity to live for him and to have influence on other people's life, then you know what? We need to do everything that we can to be what God called us to be. And so I'm sorry to hear about your friend, your, um, your friend Ethan and Tommy. I'm just sorry to hear about that. It's just never, never, never good to hear when um, anything happened and people transition into eternity. Not sure if he was ready or he wasn't ready. Um, but we need to be ready because we don't know when that time will come for any of us. And so we need to be ready to transition into eternity. And one of the way we get ourselves ready is by having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And one of the way we get our real bona fide relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is we are born again of the water and of the spirit. And if anyone is here today, before I even get started preaching, if anyone is here today that have never been born again of the water and of the spirit, you need to really get born again of the water and of the spirit. If you're here today and you haven't been as serious and committed to God as you need to be, you need to get serious and committed to God. God is knocking on hearts. Now, it's up to us because remember, the scripture teaches us and we need to understand that God, because he's love, he doesn't make us do things. And oftentimes we're wanting God to do what we're supposed to do, what we're supposed to do. And that's not how God does. He's he's love. He's a gentleman. And so he's not going to do what you or I are supposed to do. He wants us to do what we're supposed to do, and he will do what he's supposed to do. And as you begin to feel God knock on your heart to say, get in the church, get committed, live for God, whatever you hear in the preaching of the word, obey it and do it, because none of us know when we transition from life to eternity. We don't know. And there's no age limit that's promised to us. There's no timetable that we have to say, well, I know we don't know. So we need to really obey what God is trying to do in our life. And God takes you steps at a time. A lot of times you want to see far down the road with God. And God is saying, that's not how I work. I let you see the here and now. That's what's called faith. I need you to deal with what you know now. Let me worry about the down the line. And sometimes we don't make the decision to live for God because we are thinking about down the line. You're not in control of down the line. He's in control of down the line. You're just in control of what you can do right now. And so before you leave here today, you're in control of what you can do right now. Down the line belongs to him. Mm -hmm. Well, I greet you. That wasn't a sermon. I greet you in the wonderful name of Jesus. And we're thanking God this morning for all of you that are here. We welcome you to Christ Center Church. For our online congregation, we welcome you. I I always brag on our online congregation because you all are so faithful, always there, always a part. And I brag on our online congregation all the time. I tell people, we have people that are so faithful online that are living in New York, that are living in Florida, um, um, Burlington, and uh, just all over the place, even Canada. Um, Jamaica. People are just faithful in tuning in. And even when we post the service on our podcast, people are just going back to view it. And we're grateful that God has connected us all together in the way that he has. And so we welcome you and we greet you. And I pray today that this word will change your life. If you will let it, it will be life changing to you. Amen. If you will stand with me, uh, we're going to turn our Bibles or we're going to put on the screen or you can use your smart device. Or, like maybe Sister Thomas does, you can turn your Bible to Genesis chapter 22, verse number 1. Genesis chapter 22, verse number 1. Amen. Brother Henry just gave me another guest card, and this says Cheryl. Cheryl. Cheryl, where's Cheryl? Cheryl. Amen. Nice to have you this morning. Hallelujah. You have Cheryl, Aiden, and Olga. Good morning. Nice to have you all at Christ Center Church. We're so glad to have you. Thank you for being here. Amen. We're so grateful to have them. Thank God for uh, Mr. Lloyd. (laughs) 
but the Lord been inviting people to this church for a long time. <laughs> a matter of fact, where is he? No, 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 not Mr. Lloyd. Um, Barrett, he left. He was in this morning service. He was in the 9 a.m. service, right? He came in the 9 a.m. service. So I had met, um, I knocked on Derek Barrett's door some years ago and invited him to church. But he couldn't find the church because he was looking for a nice church building. And so he kept driving around looking for a nice church building. Couldn't find it. So he never made it. But Mr. Lloyd, he knew him. And they started talking. Mr. Lloyd told him. And so he was able to get here. So Mr. Lloyd has been inviting people to our our church services um, pretty often. Whoever it is, if he encounter people that he knows are looking for a church home, he invite them. And I will say to you that God has a great big plan for your life. Um, I was talking to someone in our church the other day. I'm transparent, so just give me one second. I'll get into the word of God. I'm transparent as they come. And I said, I'm going to watch and see. If because we're in the firehouse, people don't feel like we are real church. And when we get to the building, if we're going to pack the building out because they feel like that's a real church. I can't help myself. I'm just transparent like that. That's just what I thought about. And I said, all right, we'll see. But to your family, I will tell you, if this does something for you today God don't make mistakes I'll tell you a little secret listen to me everybody when God gets you to go to an apostolic church he sent you there you might get to another church some other kind of way And that's okay, because sometimes we need to build up. But the day you walk foot into an apostolic church like this one, make no mistake about it how you got here. The Almighty, he orchestrated your way here. It wasn't man. He can use man, but it wasn't man. Believe me, hear me when I tell you. I've never met someone that says God directed them to a church, and it was a church other than an apostolic church. You get, you get inside this building, it's a divine plan for your life. Now, you do whatever you want with it because, as I mentioned to you, God can't make you serve him. God can't make you live for him. God can't make you give your life to him for salvation. It's totally up to you. But just know you're here because of him, not because of anyone else. We thank God for who he uses, but it's not them why you're here. You're here because God wanted you to be here. So the people that he used to say, let's go to church, thank God for them. But God got you here. Genesis 22, verse number one says, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, behold, here I am. And he said, take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest. And get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his donkey 
and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, the Lord told Abraham was to go and to do a sacrifice. And the place where the Lord told him to go was three days journey. You're all in trouble because in the apostolic church is led by the spirit of God. So here's what God just told me to tell this church. For all of us that's saying, I don't have to go into the church building because God is everywhere. I can worship God wherever I want. True. True. But God, for whatever reason, will always send you someplace, too, to go worship him there as well. Couldn't Abraham just worship God where he was? But God sent him on a three-day journey to go to where God wanted him to go and worship. I don't know if you remember the scripture when, when, when the Lord told Jeremiah, Jeremiah, I want you to go down to the potter's house. Why did he have to go to Potter's house? Why couldn't he just stay where he was and worship God there? Why God couldn't speak to him right where he was? Because God is almighty. He can speak to you wherever you are. So let's not ever think that when God is telling us to go to be with the people of God in the church, that you don't have to do it. Just know God has something in store for you. He's up to something, and that's why he's sending you. And so for all of you that are here this morning, he's up to something. He wants to do something great in your life. So he sent you to the potter's house. He sent you to Mount Moriah so you can come and worship him this morning. Mm-mm-mm. And Abraham said unto his young men, abide ye here with the donkey, and I the, and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. I can read. I know it doesn't say donkey. Because I, I don't know. Everybody probably just looking like, is he seeing right? Yeah, I'm seeing right. Okay. I don't need to stir you up by saying stuff and the kids tapping you and saying, ooh, you heard what the pastor said. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure now for about 35 to 40 minutes if i can just get you to focus and give your attention to the lord god is going to bless you and help you and god will transform your life that you will leave here changed today you will not walk out of here the same way as when you walked in if you will just focus on the lord today and just give yourself to him today let's pray and ask god to help us father in the name of jesus Will you help us this morning, almighty God? You are getting ready to speak to our heart. You have already started speaking to our heart. But, Lord, we want our life to not be the same. You know the struggles in our life. You know the burdens that we carry. You know the hurts, almighty God, that we've experienced. You know the bruises that we have. You know the captivities that we're in, Lord God, the strongholds that have us, oh God, 
hold in and locked in, Lord God. But we are coming to you this morning asking for your help, asking that you will do whatever is necessary and needed in our life for us to be the best version of ourselves, for us to be the woman and the man and the young person and the child of God that we're supposed to be. Lord, we want your blessings to overshadow us and we want to rise up in this hour and oh God do and be what we're supposed to do and be. Father, I pray the help of the Holy Ghost that you'll place me in the flow of your spirit and that the hearts of your people will receive and respond to your word and your spirit. Bless us today. I pray and ask you these things in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus Christ. Can everybody in the house of the Lord say amen? Clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. I want to talk to you this morning on this topic. Transformed by worship. Transformed by worship. If Christianity is the transformation of rebels into worshipers of God, then it is imperative for the Christian to know and understand what constitute biblical worship. If we're going to be real Christians, got to say that for real, because in this day and age, everybody saved, everybody a Christian. Can't tell them they not. I don't argue with them. But let me just say it for this audience today. If we're going to be real Christians, real Christians must know biblical worship. Real Christians must know and understand biblical worship. What is worship? Worship is reverent devotion and allegiance pledge to the Almighty God. What is worship? The word worship comes from the old English word worth. A word which denotes the worthiness of the one receiving the special honor and devotion. We worship God as an act of adoration. But we also worship him to open our capacities and prepare our heart. Every person was created To worship God. Did you know that? It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what kind of personality you have. We can be quiet. We can be outspoken. We can be outgoing. It doesn't matter who we are, what our personality is. We were all created to worship God. It is our nature to worship the Lord God. Hear me? All human Worship something or someone. Because God created you to be a worshiper, you are going to worship something or someone. You're going to have reverence. You're going to have allegiance. You're going to adore something or someone because you were created to worship. 
So even if you're not worshiping God, you're worshiping something else. You could be worshiping your children. You could be worshiping your material possessions. You could be worshiping your, 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 your accomplishments. You could be worshiping a spouse. You could be worshiping something or someone, but you and I will worship no matter what. Because God created us to worship. Mm-hmm. We demonstrate different manifestation of worship, different acts of worship, but everybody worships because God had put worship in our nature. We were created by God for his pleasure and God receives pleasure from people who worship him. You want to make God feel good? You want to please God? Then worship. You want to make God say, oh, that's my child there? Then worship. You want God to feel good? Just worship him. Because even God feels good when he is worshiped. The decision to worship, like any other decision in life, is based on three things. It's based on intellect, it's based on emotion, and it's based on volition. The Lord is making sure when we worship, we worship him with every aspect of our being. When we worship him, we worship with everything that we have. Mm-hmm. What I think about, how I feel about it, and what do I do about it when I decide to worship are the questions i got to ask myself. What I think about worship, how I feel about worship, and what do I do about worship. Remember, God doesn't make us do anything that we're supposed to do. We either choose to do it or we don't. Many times we have trouble with what we're dealing with and asking ourselves, why is this happening and why isn't God doing something? And I will give you the answer to that. Most of the times that's because you have chose to do your thing, which is different from God's thing. And you're trying to do your thing, but wanting God to co-sign it. And God is saying, come on, what do you want from me? He got his hand up in the air. <laughs> what do you want from me? You are going in your way, doing what you want, and when it's not working out, you're looking back to me like it's my fault. That's what's wrong with our world, and because of that, our world have decided, that's why I don't like religion. That's why I don't go to church. That's why I ain't no Christian, because if God is who we say he is, why is he allowing this? You're doing what you want. God has given us the word and instructions to keep us from all the wrong that's going on. But we have decided, eh, that ain't important. Let me do what I want to do. But God needs to clean up the mess, though, is what we're telling him. But that's not the way it works, church. The act of worship stands upon these faculties of an individual. The law of worship is in the heart. Placed there. By God. So you desire or you feel or something goes on within you that says, I need to worship. Again, it will either be God 
to something else. But you will worship because God created you that way. But the choice of whom or what to worship rests with us. Mm -hmm. Since worship comes from the old English word worship, if you don't worship God, you are telling him how little he means to you. Church, I'm telling you, worship is a foundational principle for us as a Christian. And many times we come into the house of the Lord and we don't worship. And what we're saying when we don't worship is, God, you're not that valuable. God, you're not that important. God, you don't mean that much to me. I'm just going to come here and listen to your word and see how it helps me. And we never worship. Which means God is saying, okay. Let's see how far my word will take you and help you when you don't acknowledge me as being worthy. As a matter of fact, let's think about this. What's the sense of listening to his word and we don't worship him? Let's think about that for a little bit. Why do I need to hear the word of God if I don't worship him? Because if I don't worship him, it means he's not that valuable. He's not that worthy. And if he's not that worthy, why do I need to listen to his words? So if I don't worship God, it doesn't make good sense to listen to his word either. Because it can't be that good. I ain't ain't worshiping you. Trying to help us this morning. Trying to help us to understand if we're going to listen to the word of God, then we have to worship as well. The two go together. I can't just educate, get knowledge and says, I know what the word says. Don't tell me what the word says. I know what the word says, but I never worship. It doesn't work that way. I have to intake the word, digest the word, and also worship because the word will make me worship. So if I'm hearing the word and the word is having impact in my life, then guess what? Worship will flow from my being because the word will tell me I need to worship. And if I believe the word, then worship will flow from my being. Come on, let's clap our hands unto the Lord. All right, I'm going to say something really, really incredible here in a second, and you're not going to like it, but I'm going to prove it. If you are not worshiping the Lord here on earth, you will never make it to heaven. If you are not worshiping the Lord here on earth, you will not make it to heaven. Preacher, oh preacher, that is just so drastic. Oh preacher, you are exaggerating that too much. Oh preacher, come on now, what are you talking about? It's not that serious. You got to be a little off on that preacher. The Bible tells us that heaven is a place of worship. Because heaven understands the worthiness of the one sitting on the throne who is the king of kings, who is the Lord of lords, who is the creator, who is almighty God. Heaven understands it. And as he sits on the throne, heaven understands who God is. And heaven worships God. And if heaven worship him and worship
worship is going on in heaven, then how are we going to get there and not worship? We're not qualified to be in heaven if we're not worshipers. And we can't say, and this is us now, we do this a lot. I'll worship when I get there. We're good for that. I hear you preaching, and you're probably right about that. But I'll worship when I get there. Because we still have to maintain, you know, who we are. Because worship takes us out of that image that we like to portray. Worship makes us different than what we supposed to be or who we are or whatever you want way you want to look at it and so we don't want to worship around people because worship kind of takes away from our pizzazz isaiah chapter 6 verse number 1 says this in the year that king uzziah died i saw also the lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up And his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face. And with twain he covered his feet. And with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Worship has consumed heaven. Worship is what's going on in heaven. And if we're going to be in heaven, we're going to join with the angels and we will be worshiping God. But if we're not worshipers down here on earth, trust me, you will not be able to get to heaven because worship starts where you are right now, not where you're going. Worship starts right here. And if we don't start worshiping here and now, chances of us getting there, very slim. Heaven. The angels understand his worth, so they cannot help but to worship him. And if we understand his worth like they do, worship will just flow from our being. We would just worship if we really come to the place of understanding who the almighty God is. That God almighty became man so he can die for our sins, so he can lay down his life, so he can have relationship with us. God almighty became man. He's responsible for every single thing that is created. In him is life and the life of the light of men. In him does all things consist. In him do we live and move and have our being. The angels know everything consists in him and life is sustained by him and everything that we see came from him. They understand that. They understand he's all-powerful. They understand he's all-knowing. They understand he's all-present. And so because they know that, guess what? They can't help but to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full with his glory. I worship you. I worship you. They can't help it. And we better get on board and know who he is and not be able to help ourselves but to worship him. We are empowered by what we worship. We get power 
from what we worship. Or I can say we get corrupted from what we worship. Whatever we worship will come into our life and consume us. Some people worship athletes. It consumes their life. Some people worship, I'm going to become a professional whatever. It's all they do. Whatever you worship consumes your life. So worship, whatever, whomever, whatever you worship will empower your life, will bring power, or it will bring destruction to your life. Look at Luke chapter 4, verse number 5. This is the devil tempting Jesus. And it says here in Luke chapter 4, verse number 5, And the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Watch it. And the devil said unto him, the devil is talking to Jesus, almighty God. And the devil said unto him, all this power will I give thee and the glory of them for that is delivered unto me and to whomever I will give it. The devil rolled up on Jesus and told Jesus, all this world, I have power over it. I control it. And so I have authority to give it to you. But I need you to worship me first. That's a hint. The devil is not just okay with you just not being a Christian. A lot of times we think, well, you know, I might not be all into the church like everybody. I'm just, you know, trying to do my own thing. The devil will not just let you do your own thing. We are reading the scriptures where the devil confronted the Lord. He didn't know who he was, but he confronted him to try to get him to worship him. The devil is after you worshiping him. Even if you don't think you're worshiping worshiping him now, he is coming at you to try to get you to bow down and to worship him. That's his goal. That's his drive. That's his motivation to get you to worship him. So even if you're not worshiping now, worshiping the devil now, he's after you. And he will not stop until he gets you to start worshiping him. He wants you to worship him. When he got kicked out of heaven, in his mind, he, remember, he said, I can be like the most high. And so in his understanding, he thinks he should be as the most high. The most high is worshipped. So he decides he needs to be worshipped. So he is after you to worship him. I'm not worshiping no devil. I hear you, but the devil been around longer than you, and he will do whatever it takes to get you to worship him. At some point in time, he will do whatever it takes to get you to worship him. If you don't worship God first, he's after you. He's trying to get you to worship him. He will not leave you alone. 
He got different ways of how he will do it, but he's drawing you in to get you to worship him. Because if he can get you to worship him, he know you ain't worshiping God while you're worshiping him. And that's his whole entire goal is to get you to worship him and not God. He's after you. He's trying to get you to worship him. Uh Uh-huh. And so he told the Lord, I'll give you all of this if you will worship me. Verse 7, "If, if, if thou therefore will worship me, all shall be thine. He didn't realize he was talking to the one that created all things. And Jesus answered and said unto him, get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shall thou serve. The devil told the Lord, if you worship me, I give you this. We got to learn our Bible. If the devil is saying that, Jenna, it means also we have to think now. He likes to mimic God. Come on, somebody. Work with me this morning. He's always trying to mimic God. So if he says, if you worship me, I'll give you this. Where he got that from? Where did he get that from? If you worship me, I'll give you this. Where did he get that thought from? He was borrowing from God. So the same goes for us. When we worship God, he gives us power. When we worship God, he gives us authority. When we worship God, he gives us stuff. And the devil knows that. And so he shows up now in trying to get us to worship him so he can fake give us stuff because he don't really own anything. The only reason why the devil can say that he would give the Lord the world was this. If you go back to Genesis, the Bible tells us that God says, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion, rule over it. That was our responsibility from the very beginning, man, that God created. That was our part of the deal. And so that's what God told us to do. Well, when the devil set up Eve to do what she do and then pull her husband in and he sinned, we gave up that right. We gave up that authority. We gave up that power. And the devil said, thank you, sir. And from that day on, the devil had that power. One of the reasons that God had to become man, because there was no man that was qualified, that was sinless, to be able to take back that authority and get man to have it again. Nobody else was qualified to do that. So Almighty God, the invisible Almighty God, had to become a man. Because only man had the dominion to rule the earth. And so God had to become man to take back that power from the devil. So the devil had the power until Jesus came. When Jesus showed up and he surrendered to his own plan and went through with his plan and died and rose, he took back the power from the devil and says, now man has the power back again. So whenever you want to exercise the power that you have in God, it's called worship. Whenever you want to exercise, execute what God has already given you, it's called worship. But if we stay in a sinful state, we have no power. We have no authority. And the devil might just get us to worship him if we don't worship God. You want to see your full potential? You want to demonstrate the power that you have? you got to worship God because God is the all-powerful one. He's the one with all power, and he is the only one that can give you 
situation that can give you power, but almighty God. God says all power is in my hand. I have all power. So any power that we can ever get from this point on, it got to come from God. But you only get that power if you worship God. I'm getting there. I'm almost done. You want the power of God to become visible in your life? Then you need to worship God. You want the power of God to become visible in your church? Then you need to worship God. You want the power of God to transform your life? Then you need to worship God. You want to experience victory in your life? Then you need to worship God. You want to see your life transformed and change and you experience a life that's fulfilling God? Then you need to worship God. That's the way you will experience That miraculous change is through worship. When you worship God, it also will cause you to serve God. If you have asked yourself, how come I'm not involved in the church and doing something? Here's the answer. You haven't been worshiping God. Because if you worship God, you will serve him. Because you only worship him because you understand his worthiness. You only worship him because you understand his value. You only worship him because you understand who he is. And when you worship him, somehow, way, you will just realize, I just got to serve him. All right. I'm going to keep on going. Something came in my mind, but I'm going to leave that right there. God ain't pushing me to say it, so I won't say it. We are transformed by worship. We are transformed by worship. Worship is what's going to change your life. You wonder sometimes, why am I stagnant? Why is things not working the way it's supposed to work? Because you're not worshiping. Why can't I get closer to God? Because you're not worshiping. Why am I not experiencing the victory that the preacher keeps telling me Sundays and Sundays? Because you're not worshiping. Why I can't see my life being turned around and me being delivered from the strongholds in my life? Because you're not worshiping. When you worship, your life will turn around. When you worship, you will see victory. When you worship, you will see deliverance. When you worship, God will transform your life. The answer is worship. That's the answer. It's worship. It's worship. You worship God, and you're going to see victory like you've never seen it before. You worship God, and you're going to see the change in your life. Worship. Let my, leave my boy long. Leave my boy long. Let the kids run around. When they come down to church and the kids move around, let them move around. Let them get comfortable with the environment of God. I'm good with that. Don't even worry about them. You just got to make sure you don't get distracted by them. They're trying to figure out what's going on. You already know what's going on. You just need to get what you got to get. But let them enjoy themselves in the house of God. Please, are you kidding me? We are transformed by worship. If you don't believe me, watch this. The scripture we read in Genesis 22 and 5, it says, And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the donkey, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again. Listen to me. 
Worship, if you read that text, worship is personal. You cannot take anyone with you to worship God. When you go to worship God, it's between you and God. Now, the only thing that you can take with you is going to be what you will sacrifice. When you go to worship God, the only thing you can take with you is what you will bring as the sacrifice. Because worship requires sacrifice. In the Old Testament, Abraham brought his son Isaac because that's what God asked him to bring. But today, when you go to worship God, you are the sacrifice. This is what the Bible says. Present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind to prove what is the good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Worship will cost you something. Sacrifice. And the sacrifice is you. You can't look around for nothing else. This is not an Isaac thing. This is a you and God thing. So when you go to worship, you present yourself as the sacrifice. You are that sacrifice. You are the one that go and give yourself to God. Worship requires sacrifice. We don't just worship God with words only. We worship him with words and our life. We worship God with words and our life, not and or, both. Worship may not seem to make sense. It may even seem crazy, but you will never understand its power until you worship. Consider how unreasonable God's request was. Isaac was Abraham's only son. And the future of the covenant rested on Isaac. Isaac was a miracle child, the gift of God to Abraham and Sarah in response to their faith. Abraham and Sarah loved Isaac very much and had built their whole future around Isaac. But worship says, I will not withhold anything from God. God was teaching Abraham something about worship. And when you go to God to worship, the sacrifice is you. You know what else is, this, is the sacrifice? The sacrifice is your future. Isaac represented the future of Abraham. And God asked Abraham to sacrifice his future. Many of us don't even want to sacrifice ourselves, much less our future. So we're guarding our future with our life, and we're not sacrificing anything for our future. And God is saying, church, can I tell you, I learned a little bit about God since I've been walking with him. And hear me, and hear me good. If you're not living for God, something is stopping you from doing that. And whatever that something is, God wants you to sacrifice that to him. Most of the time, that sacrifice or that thing that's stopping you from living for God is you. Most of the time, it's you. Most of the time, it's you. And God says, this is why worship is so powerful. If you bring that to me, you will experience victory. You will experience a change in your life. 
you will experience transformation. You will experience the blessings of God. That thing that's keeping you from living for me, bring that to me. Bring that to me. And that thing most of the times is you. It can be other things. And you don't have to physically, literally bring it to him if it's other things, but you have to bring it to him in what you say. Lord, my kid means everything to me. And I do everything. I work hard every day. I break my back and do everything just so she can have everything. The Lord wants me to tell you, well, bring that to me. Because that's not more important to your life than me. I am the one that give life. Did you understand this? I don't know if you missed it when you read it. It says by faith. When Abraham offered up Isaac, we thought it was a crazy ask of God. What in the world? Is God some kind of evil God? God knew what he was doing. But Abraham had a relationship with God. And what he knew was. Even if, even if God allowed me to go all the way and kill my only son, God was powerful enough to give him life. We're missing this. We keep thinking that what God is asking us is such a a hard ask. And uh, I don't know, God, I can't do that. I mean, I can go as far as you, you know, up to here, God, but I can't cross the line because this is too much. You have no clue what too much is. Because God wants you to know today that whatever you give to him that you think is too much, he is powerful enough to give that back to you and give it over more. So what are we keeping from God that's so important? What are we saying? Why are we holding back anything from God? Why are we holding back ourselves? Why are we holding back living for God? Why are we holding back worshiping God? Because what? Because what? God was the one that gave us life anyway. He can give you life and give it to you more abundantly. So if God is the giver of life and he can give you more abundant life, why are we holding back from him? What are we holding on to? Why are we we withholding our future or withholding who we are? Oh, God, help us. Can I help you with this before we go? A lot of times we don't worship God in the church. Why? Because we have a reputation. I'm telling you what I know. Brother Ed, when I first came to church, you can relate to this. I'm cool cuz. And it took me a long time to really experience the power of God in my life because I wanted to be the cool dude. And so as long as I kept being cool, God wasn't working in my life. Not that he didn't want to, but he can't override your will. And being cool is you saying, I just want to keep being me. You're worried about your reputation. You're worried about how you look. You're worried about how you carry yourself. You're worried about you. Everything is about you. The Bible says, in case you don't know this, the Bible says when Almighty God became man in the form of Jesus Christ, he made himself of no reputation. So the bottom line is, if Jesus, the creator of the world, the giver of life, came into this world, remember when he came to Jerusalem? He came on a little donkey. Israel today won't recognize Jesus as the Messiah because they're upset that he didn't come like a king. Crown on his head. Big white horse. You know, all the, you know, the vesture and, you know, all of the greatness and the glory. They wanted him to show up as their king. And because he didn't show up as their king, they don't accept him. That's clear. He made himself of no reputation. 
So he didn't care about what anybody thought about him. He was here to do something. He was here on a mission and he fulfilled his mission. Why are we holding on? What are we holding back? Why are we afraid to worship God? Why are we afraid to give our life to God? When the preacher said, let's give your life to God today, we start thinking, oh, my goodness, I, I know God is working in my heart and I need to get saved. But 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 you know what? I got that thing I got to do tomorrow. And I know that's kind of shady and that's a little crooked and I shouldn't be doing that. But I always did that. And if I give my life to God today and go do that tomorrow, I'm a hypocrite. Can I tell you something? Stop thinking about tomorrow because you have no power, no control over tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of tomorrow. And I'm telling you today, if you give your life to God today, you don't know what tomorrow may bring. So stop telling yourself it's no sense of me giving my life today because tomorrow I'm going to do this or tonight I'm going to do this or next week I'm going to do this. You don't know if you're going to make it to that time. So you don't know, not to mention every person that gives their life to God cannot be a successful Christian and live for God the right way without the help of God. So what you're thinking is you're going to get saved and it's going to be up to you to get to heaven, to live for God successfully. I'm telling you, that's not the way it works. You give your life to God and you're going to need God to help you along the way to keep you saved. If you don't depend on God to keep you saved you cannot save yourself so what's the sense of trying to save yourself what's the sense of saying well i'm not ready right now why aren't we ready right now to give our life to god i need a good reason why aren't we ready to give our life to god why aren't we ready to worship god why aren't we ready to serve the lord why aren't we ready to worship god i would love to know a good answer the one, right now, your heart is beating. Boop, 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 boop. I know you think it's just the way life is. No. He is sustaining that right now. You breathing in and breathing out right now. I know you want to think that's just the way life is. No. He is sustaining that. I know you want to think that everything you think and do, you got that. No. He is sustaining that. You didn't have to make it here this morning, but he sustained you and brought you into the house. So I ask you again, what's keeping you from giving your life to God? What's keeping you from worshiping God? Because the bottom line is, I don't know a good reason. I don't think there's one. There's no reason to not worship God. There is no reason not to give your life to God because the bottom line is, it's all about him. If he is not keeping you, you're not kept. But we just live our life thinking that that's just how life go. That's just how life go. I'm just living. I'm good. No, I know better. I know better. I know better. I'm done. Let's take a look here as we uh, close up here. Let's not just talk about worship. Let's begin to worship God. Let's begin to. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. David, probably the greatest worshiper of God. That's what he says. 
Jesus must be the object of our worship. Worship is about Jesus. He alone must be the object of our worship. Worship is bragging on him. It's adoring him. It's magnifying his name. It's fixing all our focus and attention on him. When we worship him, we celebrate him. When we worship him, we express physically and spiritually and emotionally who he is to us. Who is God to you? Whatever it is, he needs you to express it. He needs you to express it. Our worship must be expressed. There are those, put this text up for me, um, Sister Patrice, as I close here. Uh, Genesis 22, verse number 12. There are those who said, It's not really necessary to express myself vocally to the Lord. He already knows what's in my heart. Uh huh. He knows that I love him. He knows what's going on in my heart. But it is always pleasing to God to see his children put into action what God already knows is in their heart. Abraham when commanded, was willing to offer up Isaac as a sacrifice. Yet, we note in Genesis 22 and 12, God himself says to Abraham, look at it in verse 12, and he said, this is God saying to Abraham, and he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withhold thy son, thine only son. Let me slow it down for you, show you how I read my Bible. God says, now I know thou fearest God. I thought God said in his word, he is all knowing. God says all knowing. That's what's. Omniscient means all-knowing. So how is God saying now, now I know? Are you telling me, God, you didn't know before? Because if you all-knowing, you already know. So how are you telling me now you know, but you all-knowing? Good question, right? Yeah, I think it's a good question. But here's the answer. That phrase, now I know, does not indicate that God did not know that Abraham feared him. But it simply teaches us that God wants visible, audible, free expression of our devotion to him. God is saying, I know what's in your heart, but I want it come out of your heart. I want you to express what's in your heart. Let me mess with you a little bit. If you have children... Do you want your children to keep telling you, mom, mom, I know, I know, I got some that do that. I know, I know, you got some. I know, I know. And what you want to do? Stop telling me what you know and show me what you know. Stop telling me you know. I need you to show me what you know. Well, that's what you said about your kid. I thought we were children of God. So God is telling you, stop telling me you know. Stop telling me you love me. Stop telling me you worship.
worship me in your own way. Stop telling me all this stuff and just show me. So it's not that God don't know. He wants you to do it. Express it. Vocalize it. Speak it. Show it. Just don't say, I know. Because God already knows. God is, is expecting us to worship him verbally, physically, spiritually. He wants us to worship him. This is why David said, oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Worship will transform you. It will transform this church and it will influence others to worship God as well. Let us stand. I'm going to show you one last thing. Sister Patrice, Sister Audiovisual, don't worry, you'll get a, your team will get bigger and you'll be able to get some other names called. Genesis 22, let's go to 15. Genesis 22, 15. I'm going to show you something about worship. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time, verse 16, and said, by myself, this is God speaking, by myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and has not withhold or withheld thy son, thine only son, <laughs> that in blessing I will bless thee. And in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heavens and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. God wants you to know this morning. He has great things in store for you. Blessings in store for you. Provision for you. God has things that he wants to give you. Don't you doubt. You have heard it prophesied to you before. People have prayed for you before. You have come to church and heard it preach. Don't think that God don't have great things in store for you because he does. But he's giving you the next piece to the puzzle. Preacher, what is the next piece? He says, if you will worship me, you will receive the blessings, the provision, the direction, the success, the, 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 the everything that you think God was promising you, you feel in your heart. God said, when you worship me, when you become a worshiper, you will begin to experience these things. When Abraham worshiped God, this is what he said in 17. He says, in blessing, I will bless thee because worship demonstrates maturity. We don't have children and give them what they can't handle. If they're immature, we give them only what they can handle at their point or age. And the big things that we have in store for them, we wait till they get more mature. And God is waiting for a lot of us to come up and get more mature. And worship is what tells God, you are mature. Being a worshiper is what tells God, I'm ready. And God will then bless thee and multiply and provide and do what he wants.
wants to do it, and he will do it. But it requires worship because God don't want to give you anything that's going to destroy your life or uh, lead you away from him. Whatever God gives you, he wants it to be a blessing to you, not a curse to you. He don't want his blessing to become a curse. And so what God has in store for you requires worship. If you will worship God, you will be able to receive abundance of what God will give to you. If you will worship. Worship is essential to who you are as a Christian. Worship is essential to what God has called you to do and to be. But until you worship, you won't experience what God has in store for you. Is there anyone here today that will worship the Lord moving forward? Are you going to let God bless you in abundance? Are you going to let God provide for you in abundance? Are you going to let God move in your life in a special way so you can experience the greatest part of being who you are? God wants to do it, and you want God to do it, but it's going to require worship. If you have never given your life to God, you can give your life to him today. If if there's anyone here that you didn't make up your mind, you didn't even know you was coming in here to give your life to God today. But if you hear the word of God and you believe God to be who he says he is, will you give your life to God today? Is there anyone? Anybody want to give their life to God today? Anyone decide today, I want to surrender my life. I will guide you into salvation. It won't all happen all at once. There will be baby steps. We will guide you through. We will assist you in every way. We will help you in every way that we can so you can become who God called you to be. Is there anyone here today that today God has spoken to your heart and told you that you need to surrender now? Is there anyone here that God has spoken to you and says, today is your time. Don't wait. Tomorrow is not promised to you. None of us know if we're going to make it to bed tonight. None of us know if we're going to wake up tomorrow morning. I'm not here to scare you. I'm only here to preach God's word and enlighten you to what God's will is. Is there anyone today that is ready to surrender and say, here I am, Lord? Anybody? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Will there be anyone in here today that will worship the Lord with me? Will you worship Jesus today? If you will lift your hands, if you will bow your knees, whatever you need to do today to get into that position of worship, will you worship the Lord today and let God just overshadow you and let God empower you? If you worship him, his power will flow into your life. If you worship him, he will move mightily in your life. If you worship him, he will lift you above your circumstances. If you worship him something will change you will be transformed if you worship God God will help you today and you will not be the same when you leave here because God wants to bless you God wants to provide for you God wants to heal you God wants to deliver you God wants to oh yes mend your broken heart God wants to change you the circumstances in your life God will take care of them you just got to worship him. You just got to worship him. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Let's not leave here today without worshiping God. Let's not leave here today without giving our heart, our mind, our soul, our spirit to the Lord. Let's not leave here today without humbling ourselves before him. Oh, God, we humble ourselves before you. We give ourselves to you, Lord God. 
of Jesus. Lord, touch your people today, Lord God, that they will never be the same again, Lord. That, Lord, they will surrender their life to you. That they will give themselves to you. That their heart will be changed. The power of God will overshadow them, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God, bless them, oh, Lord. Bless them, Almighty God. Let your will be done in their life, Lord Jesus. Let the Holy Ghost power overshadow them, Lord God. Let the Holy Ghost power move upon them, Lord God. Let your will be done, Lord God. Stir up the gift that's inside and do a new work, Lord God. Do a quick work in their life, Almighty God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. By faith, Lord God, I pray your will be done, Lord God. I pray that you will direct them according to your purpose, Lord Jesus. Heal them, Lord. Strengthen them, Lord God. Move upon them, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Not our will, but your will be done, Lord God. Not our will, Lord, but your will be done, Lord. By faith, Lord God, let your will be done today, Lord God. I pray change. I pray transformation, Lord God. I pray the power of the Holy Ghost, Lord God, will heal, will deliver. Oh, God, will you bend this broken heart today, Lord God? Will you break the invisible chains and set them free, Lord God? I pray today the will of God be done in his life, Almighty God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord God. Yes, Lord God. By faith, Lord God, order their steps and lead them into a place of salvation and blessedness, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. From the crown of his head to the sole of his feet, let your will be done, Lord God. Touch his heart, touch his mind, his soul, and his spirit, Lord God. Have your way today, Lord. 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 In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, give her strength, Lord God. Let the Holy Ghost power direct and lead her, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that you will overshadow her, Lord God. Give her the wisdom that she needs and let her be empowered by worship, by worship, by worship, by worship. Come on, lift your hands. God is going to empower you. God is going to strengthen you. He's going to refresh you. He's going to do a work in your life. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. He loves you. He loves you. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Let him have his way. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Let him have his way. Let him have his way. Let him have his way. Oh, God, renew his strength. Renew his strength. Increase his faith. Your will be done. Overshadow him, Lord, and constrain him according to your will and your purpose, Lord God. Oh, I pray a refreshing. I pray a refreshing. I pray a renewing of the Holy Ghost, Lord God, and that his faith, Lord God, will take him into a deeper relationship. Have your way, Lord. Bless his goings and his comings, Lord God. Ah, my God, provide, heal. Oh, God, make whole again, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Tayara Rabashi Kotoro. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Bless him, Lord. Bless him, Lord. In the name of Jesus. By faith, Lord God, let your will be done in his life. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, church. Let's thank the Lord today. Surrender to the Lord today. We withhold nothing from him. We trust the Lord with our future. We trust the Lord with our future. We trust him with everything. Oh, God, we surrender all to you. We surrender all to you. We surrender all to you. Bless your people today, Lord, that they will leave here differently today, Lord God, that your will be done, Almighty God. Speak to their hearts, oh God, continuously, will you? Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you want to give your life to the Lord and you want to come and see me, come and see me. I will lead you through how you surrender to God and how you're born again. Come and see me and I will explain it to you so you can get yourself prepared to be saved. God bless you. I love you. I thank you for being here. Don't forget to support our building fund. We have some patties and beef patties on sale. Get some beef patties. No more patties. What happened around here? Y'all got to start taking care of the 1030 service. Give them something. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. Hallelujah. I give my